Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Just looking around. <laughs> Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Chris Ann Hall here, so glad to have you with us on today's show. JC's not with us today, but uh, he'll be back tomorrow. I wanted to uh, let you know that we will be an hour earlier than usual this week. JC and I have a church conference going on this week, and uh, we need to be at the church at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, which is, sorry, it's just way too uh, tight of a schedule for us to do the show at 6 o'clock and then be at church at 7 just not possible. So I want to say hello to everybody in our YouTube chat room as we go live. Uh, usually you can get us live on YouTube at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time at the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel, but like I said this week it's going to be 5 p.m. And uh, remember if you're not able to catch us live on YouTube, we are still on YouTube every day. And we also broadcast as a podcast on iTunes, Google Music Play, uh, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Anchor FM. Oh my goodness, there are just so many ways to listen. But the easiest is at chrisannhall.com. And so those of you who are longtime Liberty First listeners know that I don't listen to the big boy talk shows. I don't do it. I don't even talk, listen to the big girl talk shows. Um, I just, I'm not going to get into the reasons. I'm sure some of you can divine that, but um, I don't do it. Today, however, I endured over an hour of big boy talk. Uh, an hour of the, the end of one and the beginning of another. Uh, two different big boy hosts because I wanted to see what they were going to say about Virginia because Virginia ought to be the big news today and can I tell you that from what I heard okay now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dog out you know rush because I only listened to the last part of his show but the first nearly hour of the next big boy show did not disappoint. Can I tell you, in that first nearly hour, there was not a single mention of Virginia? What do you suppose they talked about? Anybody want to guess out there on the forum? Yeah, uh, impeachment. Seriously, why do we have to dig up dead horse news to not talk about Probably the most historical event that's going to happen in the month of January next to the impeachment. Maybe even from this day forward. Who knows what's actually going to... <laughs> I see my dog in the background. If you're watching me on YouTube, you can, you can see Mac. Uh, Mac is attached to me like glue. I don't know why he has to be in here when I'm doing the show, but he has to be in here doing the show. And so impeachment was all the second big boy would talk about. 
Oh, and oh, they, you're, you're right. You're right, Dale. And Prince Harry. Okay, so Dale knows who I'm talking about. And Prince Harry. So we got impeachment and Prince Harry and nothing about Virginia. Okay, so yes, impeachment's an historical event, but by goodness, you guys have been talking about this for non-stop months now. Virginia, historical event. Over 25,000 people. When was the last time 25,000 people gathered at a state capitol rally? I mean, we're not talking about the lawn in Washington, D.C. We're not talking about outside the Lincoln Memorial. We're talking about a state capital and 20. Now, now here's the crazy thing, right? We have NBC News. Let me, let me go over here to the webcam here. NBC News admitting that there were, at, there were about 22,000. Okay, when NBC News has to hold their nose and report that nearly 22,000 people. Now, we know if NBC is reporting at 22,000, there's way over 22,000 because they had to hold their nose for this. They don't want anybody to know what this is about, right? Over 20, NBC is reporting over 22,000 people. This is big news. Now, I don't know if you've seen um, what's going on. Actually, let me go ahead and pull up my Facebook page so I can show you a little bit because all of this came down over the weekend and I didn't get a chance to, to talk about it, so we're talking about it now. Why not? My goodness, at least it's not impeachment for Pete's sakes. At least it's not Prince Harry. I mean, seriously, we threw off the monarchy 244 years ago. What do we care what Prince Harry is doing? So let me show you um, this picture. Now, this is from my pace, Facebook page. Go over here because I'm doing this without JC, you know, uh, web. So this is how the Virginia government designed this rally to go, right? So they fenced in an area. Now, let me tell you something. They actually went through the expense of, of, of putting up a fence, okay? A fence. They put in a fence, and they only had one entrance for the Virginia uh, protesters expecting to come to a rally. And the governor ordered that all the protesters had to leave their guns at home, even though this is an open carry state. Now, how many of you out there are saying, heck no, there ain't no way, no way, no how I'm going in a fenced in area with one entrance and only three uh, additional exits, one entrance and one exit, right? Three additional exits that are not going to be open unless the government deems it necessary. Especially if you're telling me that in order to get in there, I got to leave my guns at home. Now, how many of you know that the professional co-opters 
are just waiting for the opportunity to dress up in a MAGA hat and go hurt someone, right? So there ain't no way, no way at all. And so that's why I love this little piece here on NBC. Let me show you this again, maybe you missed it. A tense Virginia rally, demonstrators rejected extremists, defend law-abiding gun owners. About 22,000 people attended the rally, 6,000 on the Capitol Square, and 16,000 outside the security gates. Seriously, how awesome is that? Because I'm not going in there, and I don't think anybody should go in there, right? We have free speech, and we don't participate in free speech zones. Now, I don't think 100,000, Amy thinks, uh, somebody heard said 100,000, but I don't, I don't think there's 100,000. Let me show you what I have here on my, um, on my YouTube channel, just so you can see the crowd, because they're not showing this everywhere else. Uh, let me, okay, there we go. Here we go. Now you're looking at the crowd, look how far back that goes. And I've seen actual aerial views. See, there's people over there to the left. There's people all over the place. This is not your average crowd. I have seen pictures with the rally, go, uh, rally pictures everywhere, right? Uh, and it's... I don't I haven't seen a better one since that I mean I've seen better ones than that where you can actually see maybe somebody standing on the Capitol steps shooting out and the the crowd goes way 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 back down the street and so I think this is really really exciting so the question becomes and I'll leave it up to you why won't the big boys talk about this I want to suggest to you that probably it's because they're afraid of liberty. Now, I, I'm not afraid of liberty, liberty obviously, I, I, I own it, I'm a liberty first person. But we have th tens of thousands, somebody saying a hundred thousand, uh, you know if you go by, by NBC math, now that I think about it, if they're admitting 25,000, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can count on 100,000. I'm just saying, because that's NBC math. NBC math is sort of like, <laughs> like common core math, right? And so what is it about this discussion that, that Dale, you know who I'm talking about, scares this particular big boy from talking about liberty things that he has to avoid the most, the biggest event of the day to talk about why why Prince Harry wants to leave the monarchy, all right? And so um, we, we, we need to talk about this because this is why I'm telling you podcasts, YouTube videos, uh, the non-big boy people like me, like Frank, like my friends, uh, the two classy guys, the people out there who have not been overcome by fame and popularity and sponsors. This is why you need to seek out news with us. Because we are the ones, Kate Daly, right? Kate Daly, I'm on her show every Thursday. Kate is quality stuff. 
She's not out seeking fame. She's not out seeking sponsors. And she's going to lay it on the line, just like I do, with flat-out truth. And I, I ain't scared, right? And it's, We live in the South. We always see these bumper stickers. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. So what I wanted to do uh, the, is show you a video that I made and published this morning for today to let you know that I stand with the people in Virginia. I would have been there if I could have been there, uh, standing right next to them, not in the fenced area, on the outside of the area. You know what's exciting about seeing them on the outside of the area? They provided their own security, right? Why do you need government security when the people are well armed? I mean, you absolutely don't need it. Uh, somebody said that, Dale, do you, do you really think that uh, the particular big boy I'm talking about is paid off by the government? I don't know. We'll just have to see. Um, but I want to show you the, the, um, the video that I made today. And what's encouraging to me, that is that I'm seeing these, these right to keep and bear arms rallies all over America. Okay, They're starting to pop up everywhere. Right now on our YouTube chat, uh, Delon Benson is telling us, I don't know if I pronounced that right, sorry if I didn't, Delon Benson is telling us about Coeur d'Alene is also having a YouTube uh, gun, well, is having a gun rally today, and it's on the YouTube channel, on their YouTube channel, now North Count, North Country Off Grid. So uh, these things are going to be springing up all over the place because I think that this is going to be the catalyst for people all over to say no more, right? And that's historically what needs to happen. This is the way it's always happened. There's always some catalyst where some tyrant does too much and causes the people to stand or one brave soul with the anointing of God and the, and the boldness to stand up alone and say no more. I'm talking about James Otis Jr. in 1761. He's the one that our founders called the midwife to liberty. Without James Otis Jr., there would have been no actual liberty movement, or at least it would have taken a lot longer, I think. So let me ask you, those of you out there in our liberty uh, chat room here on YouTube, do you, I heard a lot of rumors about the government having um, uh, EMP devices that would shut down your phones and shut down cameras and shut down electronic devices. Does anybody know if that actually happened out there? Now, I know it happens. And those of you who are longtime listeners, you know it happens too because we covered the Oath Keepers in Ferguson uh, when the Ferguson riots were going in and then the Oath Keepers went into the you know, Ferguson um, branch of the Oath Keepers went in to help keep peace. And the leader of the Ferguson Oath Keepers at that time told us that the local police had federal equipment that was blocking all the cameras, all the phones, and all the electronic devices. So I'm just curious if they were able to pull that off. I mean, obviously they wouldn't have been able to pull it off everywhere because they had people, uh, you know, I mean, thousands of people that refused to go into their little free speech zone. Which, by the way, I want to show you something because this sort of proves a point. I'm going to get to my video. I'm going to get to my video. I know, I know, I know. Um, oh, somebody said, okay, so well said there were no live phone feeds. 
And uh, somebody also said, Dom Duke said someone told him that the signals were going to be jam- were, were being jammed. That doesn't surprise me. That absolutely doesn't surprise me because that's what they did in Ferguson. They jammed it all. So I want to show you one, one more time this picture on uh, YouTube. Uh, there we go, web. Let me, I'm going to put the sound off there. All right, there we go. And so I want to show you this video one more time here on YouTube. Or I'm sorry, on my Twitter feed. Oh, it's not going to work. Okay, there we go. If you look at this now, and you can see down the street how far down the crowds actually go. And you can see that it would not be possible for them to block all of this all the way down there. It just, it's not possible. My video feed's not working for me, so we'll go back here. But anyway, uh, it's, it's just very encouraging to see um, that all of these people are not in the fenced-in area. They refuse to go. Frankly, they wouldn't fit, okay? But even if they would fit, I'm not going to be going in there. And here's what I wanted, wanted to show you. You see, this is why our founders believed in the right to keep and bear arms. This is why our founders knew and said over and over again that in order to preserve liberty, the whole body of the people had to be armed. As a matter of fact, um, Richard Henry Lee said, in order to, whereas to preserve liberty, it is essential that the whole body of the people always bear arms and uh, was it? <laughs> here I am getting a, a brain cramp whereas to preserve liberty it is essential that the whole body of the people always possess arm arms and be trained alike especially when young how to use them now if something is essential you can't do without it and if you're always doing something there's never a time when you're not doing it. And so our founders believe that the whole body of the people should always possess arms, right? Always possessing them. Why? Because Noah Webster said, so the government cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people will be armed and be able to resist with more effect any, uh, any unconstitutional, any oppressive, and any unjust law. Well, this is the proof of it. You have 25, anywhere from 25,000 to 100,000 people standing on the street. And they're, not, and they're refusing to go into the free speech zone. Maybe if there's 15 of you, they arrest you. Maybe if there's 25 of you, they chase you off. But 25,000, that's not happening. That is not happening in any way, shape, or form. That's why unity is so important in liberty. And I believe this might be a good illustration for us as well. The power of the people still rests in the power of the people. We've been duped for a very, very long time to feeling powerless. You know, our vote doesn't do anything. Our politicians never listen to us. And here's the thing. You feel powerless because you're not exercising your power. 
Your power is in unity. Your power is in the people. And your power is in the unity of the peaceful assembly. That's another reason why they've tried to brainwash us out of coming out publicly. You know, don't talk. JC and I talked about this on Friday. Don't, or yeah, Friday, uh, don't talk about religion or politics, right? Well, if you're not supposed to talk about religion or politics, you're certainly not supposed to meet in the public square and talk about them either. That's for the fringe people. That's for the weirdos that hold the cardboard signs with the, with the uh, bullhorns. No. Standing in front of the Capitol in tens of thousands of people is exactly how it's supposed to work. And so let me share with you now the video that I made for today. And I hope that, that you enjoy it. I hope that it works for you. And if, you, if it works for you, then I also hope that you will share it. It's on YouTube. I have it on Instagram. I have it on Facebook. Uh, I have it on LinkedIn. And there's a YouTube link on Twitter. So here we go. Um, oh, that's not giving you the whole thing. Why is that not working like that? <laughs> All righty then. Uh, okay, well, let's just play it. You'll be able to hear it. Carpet, Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is what happens when Chrisanne tries to fly the ship by herself. All right, we'll start this over again. Hello, but we have I'm to get past the ads, and then we'll go. Yeah, sorry about this. All righty, here we go. Ready? All right. I want to talk to you today about the right to keep and bear arms. You see, there's some things that we used to know some things maybe that we took for granted, some things that those who created America understood to their core. You see, first and foremost, the right to keep and bear arms is a natural right, and it is essential to the preservation of all life and liberty. Samuel Adams wrote in 1772 that among the natural rights of the colonists are these first life Secondly, liberty, third, property, together with the right to protect and defend them in the best manner possible. Adams went on to explain that this is an individual right stemming from the first law of nature, the duty of self-preservation. Those who would stand for the right to keep and bear arms do so with the interest of preserving life and liberty, not destroying it. Those who would support the right to keep and bear arms support the natural right and duty of self-preservation. They support the ability to defend life and liberty, not destroy it. They support the ability to defend life and liberty, not just for themselves, but for their neighbors. They support freedom and just government. They support ensuring that our future has the ability to live in a government of the people and not be subjects of a government over the people. They keep and bear arms. They train in the skill of defense because they love their children, their families, and their neighbors and want to defend the most precious gifts of life, sometimes even at their own expense. Now, there are two kinds of people 
who oppose the right to keep and bear arms. And those who oppose the right to keep and bear arms support the opposite of life and liberty. They support slavery. They support oppression. They support unjust government rule over the people, whether they realize it or not. Now, those who would ignorantly oppose the right to keep and bear arms do so because they've been convinced of one eternal error. That those in power respect the lives and liberties of the people to the point that they will defend them at their own expense. But there is nothing in history that would support that delusion of hope. History is ripe with one oracle of truth. When people are disarmed, they are inevitably enslaved. They are enslaved by the more powerful, the more able, or the more populated groups. Disarming the people has never freed the minority. As a matter of fact, in a society that is disarmed, it is the minority groups that first are converted to chattel. Slavery is not possible in a society where the people are well-armed, well-trained in the skill of defense, and full of the knowledge necessary to understand the value of life and liberty worth defending. Now those who knowingly support disarming the people do so because they're power hungry, because they don't respect life, because they want to control and dominate life and liberty. They know just how to motivate the ignorant in society through the greatest human deception, the contrived necessity. They know how to control the powerless, corral the weak. They know how to convince a morally depleted population to organize and come against their own neighbors. They are those among us who endeavor to rob the innocent of their God-given rights to enrich and empower themselves at the expense of the most precious gifts of life and at the fatal cost of a free future. They care only about themselves. They're the ones who pass by a neighbor in need. They're the ones that demand a right to take life out of a feigned excuse derived from the most selfish center of mankind. They seek to rob, kill, and destroy life, liberty, and property. And they are the very spirit that has caused the institutions of slavery and despotism to rise throughout history. William Pitt the Younger said it best, necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants and it is the creed of slaves. There's a day when every American reflects on who they are, who they want to be, and takes the time to classify themselves. Are you a slave? Are you a tyrant? Or are you a freeman?
If you've determined that you love your neighbor as yourself, you love your children, your family, you love life and liberty, that you want to remain a freeman, then the choice that follows is very simple. John Adams wrote, liberty must at all hazards be supported. We have a right to it derived from our maker. But if we have not, our fathers have bought and purchased it for us at the expense of their ease, their estates, their pleasure, and their blood. So there's a few things that we have to do. First, we have to stand up to the tyrant. We have to declare our natural rights just like we did July 4th, 1776. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That these are natural rights being derived from nature, a gift to all of mankind, that they precede all government and all law, and all laws must conform to these natural rights, or they are no law at all. We have to tell the tyrant that we hold no ill will, that we love him and we pray peace, and because we love him, we're not going to allow him to enslave our neighbors, and we will not allow him to deny us and our future a right guaranteed by our Creator. Founding Mother Mercy Otis Warren made this plea. America stands armed with resolution and virtue, but still she recoils at the idea of drawing the sword against the nation from whence she derived her origin. Yet Britain, like an unnatural parent, is ready to plunge her dagger into the bosom of the affectionate offspring. May we not yet hope for a more lenient measure. You see, it won't be those who support liberty who pray violence. Those standing in defense of the right to keep and bear arms are armed, yes, with resolution and virtue to defend life, not end it to defend liberty, not destroy it. You see, it'll be those who have no respect for life, who hold no love for their brother, who love self more than life and liberty, the tyrants and the slaves, who bring violence to violent ends. These are the times that try men's souls, and these are the days where we make choices. And today we choose peace, Today we choose life, and today we choose liberty. And because we choose these things, we choose to defend our right to secure life, liberty, and property from those who would come to rob, steal, and destroy. Today we choose to stand in defense of the right to keep and bear arms. And today, if you find yourself in opposition to this essential right, if you find yourself thinking that it's necessary to deny us this essential right, or we must have someone in power control and disarm the people, then you've classified yourself as either the tyrant or the slave. If we're historically accurate, there's only one question that needs to be asked in every single gun control discussion. Do you trust that the people in power 
will never use the force of government to unjustly deprive you of your life, your liberty, or your property? Now, if the answer to that question is no, then the discussion is over. And now, you finally know why we stand before you today and every day armed with resolution and virtue to declare 244 years ago we said no more kings and we're not about to change our minds now defending the life liberty of our children and our future that's why we're here today. God bless you guys. Well, I hope that this is a message that you appreciate. I hope that this is a message that you really, really uh, like and can share. And uh, if you go to the YouTube page where I actually have this posted, or if you go to Facebook, or if you go to chrisannhall.com, I actually have the transcript of that speech available to you. Share it, share it, share it. This is the kind of wisdom, this is the kind of stuff that we need to be teaching our children and teaching our neighbors. Um, thank you, Amy. Amy is wearing her Mercy Otis Warren t-shirt today. That's right here on our women gear. Woohoo! See, don't just pontificate, educate. I mean, seriously, this is the day where we should be wearing this shirt. Being necessary to the security of the free state, my Liberty First gear with the back that says shall not be infringed. Guaranteed to trigger the nearest and furthest liberal because on the back of the shirt, it's got some crosshairs. You know how crosshairs trigger these people. <laughs> So I really, really hope that you enjoyed that video and that's, that's why I put that out there. But I do want to bring up the question again, seriously, um, why aren't they talking about this? Now I get why, you know, you can read it on Fox News, but will the people, will the talking heads be talking about it? The big boys aren't talking about it, you know, I mean, who's going to actually be talking about this? Can I remind you, and this is why I think that, that they have this sort of fear of liberty. Can I remind you that when the farmers and ranchers were standing against the Bureau of Land Management, when the farmers and ranchers stood up and said, you're being tyrannical, you're stealing our property, and, and we don't want to take it anymore. There was silence, I mean, radio silence everywhere about this nobody would talk about this and I was actually in Haiti uh, I was actually in Haiti and I made a, a video in Haiti about this I will play just a few minutes of it for you now just to sort of refresh your memory and and show you uh, what that was about but I believe this is the video that has kept me primarily off of mainstream media, whether it be the big guy talk shows. I mean, they know who I am. Sean Hannity knows who I am. Uh, 
Sean Hannity knows who I am very well. Glenn Beck knows who I am. As a matter of fact, I've met Glenn Beck several times, and each time I try to introduce myself to Glenn Beck, he says, Chrisanne, I know who you are. And so they know who I am, but they don't want to have a constitutional consultant on their show. And I want to just tell you, maybe this, I could be wrong. You guys can chime in and let me know. But I think this video is why they didn't put me on they refused to have me on because i am liberty and i am the constitution first and i think frankly check me if i'm wrong i think frankly it scares the Hall, mess out of him constitutional attorney author educator and talk show host let's talk about oregon because it's not about the hammonds it's not about the bundys and it's time to take back the narrative it's time to stop being directed and led by the media. It is time to stop being directed and led by the federal government's whims. It's time to know the facts. This is not about the Hammonds. This is not about the Bundys. This is about a federal government that is operating outside the supreme law of the land. The people are not acting lawlessly. It is the federal government that's acting lawlessly. The federal government has no authority to own any land outside Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 says that the federal government's only authority to own land is 10 square miles for Washington, D.C., and the amount of land necessary to operate forts and ports at the permission of the states. So if the states don't want the forts and ports anymore, they have the authority to withdraw the permission. The only other section that someone could claim is Article 4, Section 3, Clause 2, that deals with territories and then further uh, expands or further expounds on the application of the ownership of land that we talked about in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. Let's be very clear about this territories thing. Go read the Constitution. Territory is capitalized. This is a proper noun with a specific meaning, and the federal government owns no territory within the continental U.S. Territory is not even land that the government owns. Territory is land that the government holds in trust for the states. Once a state petitions to become a state and a member of the union, that is no longer a territory, and the federal government has no authority over it. You see, once a state petitions and becomes a member of the union as a state, it is an independent, free, and sovereign government. It's called the Equal Footing Doctrine, and even the Supreme Court of the United States upholds this doctrine. It says so what do you think? What do you think? Do you think that's why they hate me? Because I am willing to step up and very plainly point out the very plain logical language in the Constitution to call out the liars for being liars, to call out the federal government for being uh, out of control, invading our lives and our liberties and our properties. Do you think that scares them? I didn't play you the whole video. It's a whole nother nine minutes. You can go on YouTube and catch that video there. But I, I really, I would like to know, because these guys, these big boys, these big girls, they talk a real good talk, right? They walk, but, but where's the walk? You know, I, 
I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't have the right kind of attitude, right? Because you go on their shows and they talk about how wonderful they are. They talk about how amazing they are. They talk about how incredible they are. What a privilege it is that you can listen to them. What a privilege it is that you can learn from them. You know what? I'm, I'm the privileged one. I'm the honored one to be able to give to you, to bring to you what we have today. I feel so incredibly blessed to know that I'm trusted with the information to give to you. And I just, I, I, I just want to know because it's frustrating to me. Why can't, with the forums that they have, can you imagine if the big boys and the big girls actually uh, had substance instead of the same old icing Seriously, how long can you talk about impeachment? How long can you talk about Prince Harry? How long can you not talk about the fact that the governor of Virginia looks like Lord Dunmore? Looks like an English aristocracy. Can I just give you a little bit of history? I would love to give you a little bit of history to to really, really empower our Virginia brothers and sisters to well for all of America. This is this is the actual spirit that surges through us. In 1774, the governor of Massachusetts was governor that was was a royal military governor by the name of Thomas Gage. Now, the long story short is uh, the king replaced Hutchinson, the previous governor, with Governor Gage because Hutchinson allowed the Boston Tea Party to happen and the king was really ticked off about it, right? Uh, when you read Mercy Otis Warren's account of how the Boston Tea Party actually went down, then you know and you realize how the governor had to at least know about it. Had to at least know about it, okay? And he let it happen because it all happened right underneath the nose of the government and nothing was, no, no one was ever arrested, no one was obstructed, no one was ever even identified. So the king went in, removes Hutchinson, puts in Thomas Gage, who's a general, and announces that he is the royal military governor now of Massachusetts. And he is instructed specifically to disarm the people. Whether it's by the parliament or by king at this point in time, we're not quite sure. But we know for fact that Gage was instructed to disarm the people of Massachusetts. And Gage laughs it off. You can read it in his letters in return. He laughs it off. He says, there's no way I can disarm these people. They outarm me and they uh, outnumber me. And so his letter to the king was this, if you want these people to disarm, you're going to have to start on the administrative side. You're going to have to stop the inflow of arms and ammunition into the American colonies. Now at this point in time, in 1774, the, um, the king's not ready for this, right? So they've instituted the Intolerable Acts, and Gage is given the specific order to enforce the intolerable acts at all costs and to rout out the seditionists in, in, in whatever manner that he can. Now, the first thing that Gage does 
is he passes a law that says there'll be no more public meetings in Massachusetts without first permission, getting the permission from the governor, right? So if you want to have a public rally, if you want to have a public meeting, you have to get permission from Gage. And then he issues a decree that there'll be no permits given uh, except for one a year. Only one permit a year will be given by the governor, and that's the only way you can have a legal rally, a legal uh, public meeting. Now, the, the colonists didn't sort of just mumble around and say, all right, well, let's hurry up and start planning this because we only get one meeting a year. We're going to have to, you know, just step up and make it a doozy. No. That day, they started to uh, have a protest. So that day, in Salem, a bunch of men showed up armed to protest this law. Now, Gage sends his troops to chase off the protesters. Only that doesn't work for Gage, it actually backfires. So the minute that the word gets out that Gage has sent his troops to disband those who were peacefully, yes, they were armed, but they were peacefully protesting Gage's tyrannical suppression of their freedom of speech, their right to peaceably assemble, their right to petition the government for a redress of their grievances. They did have that right, by the way, and they had had that right since 1215. So the minute the word got out that Gage had sent his troops to disband this, 300 other men showed up and chased off Gage's troops. And there started an amazing event. At that moment, as soon as the word got out, 20,000 men aged 16 to 64 from all over the colonies started marching to converge on Boston to protest Governor Gage. From all over the colonies. Just like here in Virginia today, from all over the colonies, they came to protest. Why? Because they knew if one governor could disarm one town, then there would be no reason why every other governor couldn't disarm every other town. You see, as Benjamin Franklin said, we'll hang together or we'll hang separate, but we'll surely hang if we do nothing. And that's the thing. It's what I tried to say in the beginning of the show. It's all about unity. Our founders knew that standing together was the key to controlling tyrannical government. And now let me remind you, these people were subjects to a king and they didn't tolerate this. Right? So Gage starts doing his shenanigans. He starts trying to disarm the people. The, gov uh, the king passes the Boston Port Act, which shuts down Boston's imports and exportations, nothing in, nothing out. And, and the king is literally trying to starve the people of Boston to death and eventually the people of, of the state because everything coming in and out of Boston goes everywhere. And so the king says, I don't care what happens. The stuff on the ships will rot on the ships. Nobody's going in, nobody's going out, nothing's being offladen, nothing's going to be onloaded. We're done. We're not going to have this kind of outrage. Now here's the thing. The king is hoping that the people will get so desperate that they'll start pointing fingers at each other. This is, this is the, the communist way to make you point fingers at each other. Only it didn't work in 1774. 
So Gage catches on and 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 locks down Boston, and he makes a he tries to make a deal with the people of Boston. I will let you leave Boston and go and live with your family members anywhere else, but when you leave, you've got to hand in your guns. Do you see how the disarming works? Eventually, the king will pass an edict that says there'll be no arms nor ammunitions to be uh, offladen, to be uh, exported into the American colonies without a permit from me. Now, in 1660, the king has signed the, Boston, has signed the Navigation Act, so it's illegal to, take, uh, to purchase any goods that don't come off government uh, ships, right? Government per, per, uh, approved ships. So the government in 1660 created this monopoly of merchants. And so it was against the law to buy anything from a non-government merchant. And so when the king passes an edict that says you can't purchase, there'll be no exportation, importation of firearms into the American colonies without a permit from me, that's it. And the thing is, once the king issued the edict, he also issued an edict that he was temporary suspending, temporarily suspending permits. So see, that's how a permit works, right? You have to get a permit from me. And if you have to get a permission from me, then it's just as easy for me to deny that permission. That's why the permission slips to keep and bear arms are wholly and completely contrary to liberty, wholly and completely contrary to natural law. Well, out of these course of events, we get, um, you know, this is, Gage is the one who, who goes and tries to take the powder from the Charleston Powder House. Uh, he, he tries to take the powder from the Worcester Powder House. He's the one that's actually going to march troops onto Concord and Lexington, and you guys know that story. But the basic principle that I want to show you here is the gradual disarming of the people, the creation of a false crisis in order to rally an unsuspecting, ignorant people to turn against their own neighbors, and then, right, the vilification of those who are uh, standing for rights. Now, remember I told you 20,000 men aged 16 to 64 start marching on Boston. Well, Patrick Henry is in Virginia. And Patrick Henry sees the writing on the wall. Patrick Henry raises his militia and marches over to Hanover to see to to demand that the powder that was taken by his governor be returned to their powder house. Now, because because uh, Patrick Henry and his his militia marched over to Hanover had their their peaceful protest demanding that their property be returned to them. It was returned the next day. But can I mention to you that the governor issued a decree as well, condemning and vilifying Patrick Henry and those who stood with him as being bad subjects? Can you get an amen? I'll be a bad subject every day. As being disloyal to the king? Now that's a very, a very, very, uh, derogatory statement to be making in that day. You have to remember, our founders were not always keen on 
being independent. Uh, founding Mother Mercy Otis Warren tells us from the get-go, we were praying for more lenient measures. They spoke time and time again how they did not want separation, but they could not have their government denying them liberty. Now, those of you who have been to uh, my Liberty First University, those of you who haven't been to my Liberty First University, let's understand that uh, I have a basic Constitution class there. The very first one that you have to make called the Genealogy of the Constitution, the History of the Constitution. In that class, I show you how these rights that our founders expected were rights that had been codified as the essential rights of all Englishmen for over 700 years. 700 years! The government wasn't just making it up as they were, it wasn't just depriving them of something they didn't know anything about. These were rights that all Englishmen expected to have because they were written in the English constitutions. And so when it came time for them to stand. There was no question. Samuel Adams said, remember in the video that I showed you, Samuel Adams said, um, among the natural rights, natural rights of the colonists are these, first life, secondly liberty, third property, together with the right to defend them in the best manner they can. He says these are rights that are derived from the first law of nature, the duty of self-preservation. He goes on in that essay to say that all laws of men must comply with natural law. If they do not comply with natural law, they are tyrannical and the people ought to hold them to be no law at all. We knew these things. When we formed America, we knew these things. For some time after we formed America, we knew these things. But in 1833, with the help of a Supreme Court justice, slightly, if not mostly, tyrannical, by the name of Joseph Story, rewrote the education on our Constitution so 176 years later, the American people could be completely and totally deceived by what's happening in government. Completely and totally deceived about what the Constitution actually means. And this is why this is important. It's one thing to stand up and dress up and bear your arms and go march. We have to do these things. But we also have to know why because it's gonna take more than one day. It's gonna take more than one time. This needs to spread like wildfire. By the way, this is probably why the Southern Poverty Law Center calls me a, uh, a anti-government extremist hate group. I am not anti-government. I am anti-lawless government. And that's what I hope to teach. So I want to thank Dragon Stallion 1001 for your super chat. Yay! Thank you so much. He says, I will stand with you, Chris Ann, against tyrannical governments. Uh, I don't know. Maybe D Dragon Stallion 1001 is a she. So I say he in the gender neutral form. So I don't want to trigger anybody. But thank you so much. I am so happy. Thank you so much for your support. Um, if you, I have written, by the way, I didn't see somebody asking, but I've written six books on the Constitution. You can find them at chrisannhall.com. I will type in my website here at the chat room. If you go to chrisannhall.com, you can click on the shop 
We have books. We have DVDs. We have a way for you to download this uh, all all of our teaching. Let me let me type this into the ch into the chat room so you know. If you go to chrisannhall.com, you go to the shop. There's a book called Sovereign Duty. Sovereign Duty has the written story about Gage trying to disarm the people and how that leads to uh, Lexington and Concord and how that leads to where we are today. But if you also go to chrisannhall.com, you can download the video where I train this specific history. It's a video called America Disarmed. And this America Disarmed video at chrisannhall.com, let me see, I'll, I'll go over here and, and I'll pull it up for you guys here um, on the website so you can see it. There we go. All right, here we go. Web page. There we go. So we're at chrisannhall.com. Click on the shop. And then when you go to the shop, there's the Sovereign Duty book. There's a chapter on uh, this history of Gage. Then you can also get uh, our classes in audio downloads. You can get our classes in video downloads. And you can get DVDs of our classes. Now you can also see you can get our Liberty gear here as well and get the Liberty t-shirt. The one that I showed you, the uh, gun shirt, is available there at the Liberty gear store. But the two, oh look at that, right there on the page, America Disarmed. This is the lesson that teaches about how our founders stood against the very kind of government oh here we are I'm hosting around here uh, stood against the very kind of government that the governor of Virginia actually is can I tell you that Governor Northam is nothing new he is the same old tyrannical king that our founders have been fighting for decades. And that's why we said no more kings. Speaking of kings, King Ming gives me a thumbs up. Good job. Thank you so much for your super chat love. Heart hands, right? Now I'm a millennial, the millennial heart hands. <laughs> Sorry. But seriously, America Disarmed, JC loves that. I think that's probably JC's favorite class that I teach, America Disarmed. He calls it my most seditious class. Because what I do is I take those actions by Gage in 1774, and I actually parallel them to the events that are current events that are happening today. I'm going to have to go, I'll go in and redo that video now because... Uh, now, uh, the governor of Virginia has given me a whole new flat-out application for America Disarmed. Seriously. He is Governor Gage. He is the governor of Virginia that Patrick Henry stood up against. He and his militia. Look, this is who we are. This is who we are in our spirit. The spirit of liberty inhabits every American. Some have scales over their eyes. Some have been deliberately dumbed into suppression of, those, of that spirit. But it's there. Believe me, as a recovering hardcore socialist, if anybody can be awakened to the truth, if I can be awakened to the truth, anybody can be awakened to the truth. 
So I want to thank you guys for joining me today. I am so blessed by your presence. And unlike the big boys, I'm not going to tell you how, how, how honored you should feel to be able to listen to me today. I'm going to thank you from the bottom of my heart, giving God all the glory. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Remember, go to YouTube and grab my video that I made today. You can also share the video that I, I made a short video on the Dylan Rule. If you don't know what the Dylan Rule is, you need to go to YouTube, find it. It's right underneath the video that I made today. Share these things. The transcript of the video is also available at chrisannhall.com. This is our opportunity. This is the perfect opportunity for us to open the door and start spreading this. You'll also find at chrisannhall.com my famous um, my famous essay article on um, a lesson on gun control, the one that's been translated into other languages and printed across the uh, across the globe. And so those are some resources that will help you. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much. If you want to know more, if you want to learn more like this, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com become a student today by the way if you become a student of libertyfirstuniversity.com you also support the show if you don't want to become a student but you want to just support you don't want to go through a uh, super chat here then you can text impact 2020 uh, to 33777 and for, for less than $5 a month every month you can support us and help us thank you guys thank you guys uh, yeah, hey Bluebug, just so you know, I'm going to be early every day this week because, just as a reminder, we're going to be early every day this week because we have a church conference this week and we need to be at the church and I want to make sure that I don't miss a day with you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.